I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. There are so many things that I want to share with you guys today. So I want to say first and foremost, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Um, And I know I try to say that often, but I don't think there's ever like enough times that you can say thank you for being here to someone. And lately I've been feeling the opposite of that. I've been feeling... um, like, I don't know. I've just been in this space of really wanting space, uh, in a space of wanting space and having a really tough time defending my energy from other people's energy. I don't know if any of you out there can relate to that. Um, if you can send me a comment, send me a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but basically what I've had going on and I really want to dive into this is all things boundaries all things boundaries in so many ways. And I talked about this on the webinar for the holidays last week and it kind of came up, um, what are different ways that people try to sneakily kind of invade your boundaries. And if you get my e-journal, then you saw a little story about that. Um, so that's been a really big topic for me, but before I get to that, I want to tell you guys about some awesome things that have happened recently. Um, the first one is that last week I got to do a book signing at Barnes and Noble in Folsom, and I'm so grateful that they invited me to do it. Um, they had a beautiful space set up by the front of the, of the store, uh, right next to a big Christmas tree that was made of books. And so that was just super fantastic and very cool and very fun and kind of all things holiday. And they were walking around with peppermint mochas and just had Christmas music playing. And it really kind of got me in the holiday spirit. But even more incredible than that is that I took Walter. So this, the book signing was for Golly Wally, which is a children's book about a puppy that has a tough time focusing. And in the book, he learns that there's a time to be crazy and wild and a time to be calm. And um, Walter, you know, was the most insane puppy, like just crazy. Even to this day, he is still absolutely crazy. But we took him through all sorts of different training programs, starting with the AKC Star Puppy Program, and then through Gold Hill Canines Training Program, and then through Alliance Pet Assisted Therapy Dogs Program. So he's a year and a half, and he has spent probably a good seven months of his life in training. And uh, so 
what's really awesome is that a couple of weeks ago, uh, no, it's been almost a month or two now, he officially became a pet assisted therapy dog. And so what that means is that he is able to go with me into facilities and places to spread love and cheer, um, and just really help people. And if you, um, have been in my life for a long time, you know, I used to have a retired racing greyhound that I rescued off the track at two and a half years old. She was stuck in the fence and, um, in the gate that that shoots open when they race. And so she retired very early in her career and, um, she became a pet assisted therapy dog and her and I had tons and tons of adventures. If you read teetering on disaster, you know, all about Rio. And, um, so Rio passed away a couple of years ago and she'd been retired from pet assisted therapy for probably a full year and a half, almost two years before, um, she passed away because she was almost 14 when she died. And, um, when she crossed over the rainbow bridge and, um, so it took a while before I was ready for another pup, but, uh, knew that I wanted a puppy. I, I've really, I had a puppy as a kid, one or two puppies as a kid, but never as an adult. And I really wanted to have that adventure. And Walter has been so difficult and so amazing and such an awesome challenge, um, in all sorts of ways. I see so much Rio in him, like some of the faces that he makes, his love of couscous and, um, food in general, and just so many different things that he does. It's like, I don't know if you guys have seen, um, or read the books, a dog's journey, a dog's purpose, but I swear <laughs> Rio is definitely Walter's spirit guide. If nothing else, like she's up there coaching him. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so Walter has been such a fun little dude and of late he got his pet assisted therapy certification. And so we started going to the senior centers, which has been incredible. And I've gotten to witness how, when he has the vest on, he knows he's working and how incredibly intuitive he is. So we went to Barnes and Noble for the book signing, um, for the book, Golly Wally, which is about Walter and everybody, oh, they just flocked and Folsom is such a dog friendly community anyway, but they just flocked over to Wally. And, um, one amazing thing was that this one gal was standing there, um, petting him probably for a good 10 minutes and her mom just hung out. She wasn't like rushing her daughter out. She just let her stand and pet him. Um, it was supposed to be a two hour book signing. I think I was there for almost three and a half hours. Um, just answering questions about Walter and meeting the community and signing books. And it was such a great time, but there was this one little boy and he couldn't have been older than maybe a year and a half. And his mom said that he had a very bad dog experience. And this experience, um, really made him very scared. And so he wanted to come over, but he was very nervous. And so after a few minutes of kind of just, um, letting him be near Walter, he decided to come over and he plopped down. And so Walter put his paw on his foot, uh, on the little boy's foot and he flipped over and just full submission, full, you know, there's nothing I 
can do in this position to hurt you. And it was so amazing, you guys. My heart just, I mean, his mom was like, oh, we need to take this dog home. And, um, you know, and then she was like, we need to get this exact kind of dog. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about this kind of dog. Uh, maybe start with the golden retriever. <laughs> um, because, you know, goldens, labs, they're all just so... We have a 13-year-old uh, golden retriever as well. And they're just such family dogs. And they're just so wonderful and chill and easy to love and all those good things. They're just amazing. So, um, yeah, I super duper, duper duper, uh, absolutely adore having an Aussie. But they are an incredible amount of work. And Walter has been through so much training and everybody kept commenting like, he's so calm. He's so good. He's so this, he's so that. And I'm like, yes, but this was after a lot of work. So if you are an incredibly active family and you're constantly going and, um, have the time and energy to train, then I definitely recommend an Aussie. But if you don't want to put in that time and you're looking for a very loving, animal, then I might suggest something more like a golden or a lab. Um, but that all being said, it was such an incredible day and I'm always so amazed to see Walter in action. Um, and just in general, his intuition is just so incredible. So, uh, I am stopping and it is freaking hot. It's literally 80 degrees today, I think. And we live in Northern California and I'd love to turn on the fan in the car, except that then I, you guys would not be able to hear me because I am recording this podcast. I've got a million trillion things going this time of year as I think pretty much everybody does. I don't think I'm like the only one by any means. I think a lot of people can probably relate to this idea of just having way too much going on. Um, and that is a little bit about what boundaries is about. But before I get to all of that, I really want to talk with you guys about Right Club. And I know I always talk to you guys about Right Club, but I got to go to Right Club this past weekend and, uh, you know, Steph, Steph Birch has a really incredible gift. Um, I, I consider myself to be a good writer. Um, obviously that I, I feel like that is one of my better talents is being able to communicate my feelings in the written word and share and inspire others through that style of, uh, communication. But Steph's gift is really, is really, in my opinion, helping people look at things in a different way. And so she asked us about our why, and you guys know, I chatted about the importance of knowing your why last week and the week before on the podcast, this has been a big theme in energetically in the universe, I feel like. Um, but she asked us why we come to write club. And what's interesting is mine is because when I go to formal writers groups, it's all about critiques and how you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's and all that kind of stuff. And when I write in my journal, it's very undirected. It is very, I have a gratitude journal, which I use, um, for the purpose of gratitude, but my other journal the other journal that will need to be burned should I ever mysteriously wind up dead <laughs> is like seriously slams most people in my life. Like it's the place I go when I'm pissed off. I don't usually have anything productive to say in there. Like it's just me venting and it's a very good therapeutic way for me to get stuff out. But it's not, it's not the kind of um, 
writing that I want to be doing all the time, right? It's the kind of writing I want to do when I'm in that space and need to get it out and don't want to spew on people. So I like Write Club for that because it's like a guided digging deep without the negativity. Um, but in all of that being said, Steph talked a little bit about Bali and she does these incredible retreats to Bali. Um, and one of the things that she talked about is how Bali and the Balinese culture is really big on having dark and light. And I've talked with you guys about this too, that in order to have happiness, you have to have the down stuff. You have to have the yuck stuff to help you see the happy stuff. And so she was talking a little bit about dark and light. And I really feel like that, um, allowed me the space to feel like it was okay in some of the prompts that she was giving me to come at it from the dark space and not always from the light space. Typically when I've gone to her right clubs, I'm coming at it from a very positive place. Um, because I'm trying not to do what I do in my journal. But in this instance, um, she asked what we'll remember. Her question was what will, what will we, what will we remember? And without going too deep, I do want to read just a little bit to you guys about what I wrote because I ended up reading this in, in the writer's workshop and ended up crying. And I don't even know why I was crying. I don't even know where that really came from, but it did. I just had this like flood of emotions and all these tears. I'm going to stop a little soon of, um, where I started crying, but I'm going to just kind of read this to you. It says, when I think of you, I remember being in the garden, watching you can tomatoes, the smell of the wood stove, the taste of the butter on the bread, the salt tickling my taste buds, the way you called me Kaylee and called Papa Jojo. I remember ice cream on the Davenport and that time dad broke the toy because he couldn't hear the news. I'm pretty sure the things I'll remember were the inconsequential moments that touched my heart. And then I went on from there and got all emotional. (sighs) But you know, what's interesting is that while those are the happy things I'll remember, those are also some of the saddest things I'll remember is like not having my grandma as an adult. Um, so, you know, it was an interesting thing. Um, and I felt that sadness the other day when I was out in Tennessee visiting my cousin and you guys have all heard me talk about aunt Jerry on this podcast many times. Um, but she said some comments that aunt Jerry was very into like astrology and the moon and the stars and all that. And I didn't know that about her and to hear, um, my cousin Heather talk to me about her mom in that way, um, made me sad. It made me sad that I didn't get to have those conversations with her. Um, but also made me so grateful that, we did have that connection and that Heather could see that connection. And I just think that this is so much of what life is about is persevering to find the light in the dark. Um, because they come together, the yin and the yang or yin and the yang, however you want to say it. Um, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Um, but I want to challenge you to think about things in your life that have been so painful and what you remember and what light you can pull from those memories. Um, whether the memories are good, sad, bad, happy, ecstatic, whatever they are. Um, finding that balance and looking 
looking in the good and looking in in the light and finding the dark or finding the bad and kind of going at it in that way. Um, I think that it can be so incredibly powerful for you and for all of us. One of the things that I have not really talked about at great length, but you've heard hints of is that I have been on a detox since August and with this detox came a lot of purging, a lot of purging, purging of bad habits, purging of things that were no longer serving me, um, purging of memories that I believe were misconstrued, that I was not remembering with maybe the best insight, um, or things that I was holding on to because I wanted them to be a memory in the way that I decided they were going to be a memory. Uh, but maybe that's not exactly how they happened. And so another great thing. So we have book signing at Barnes and Noble, which was truly amazing. Um, first time I've had a children's book, book signing of that caliber. And it was incredible. And also the first time that I've had to work with Walter and work as myself. That that was an interesting dynamic, interesting combination to be working as the author, but also working as the pet assisted therapy dog handler and then right club, which I had such a huge outpouring of emotions from. And then today, guys, today I sat down with Sandy from Intention Beads. And let me tell you a little bit about Sandy because this is an interesting story in and of itself. I met her daughter, Alex, in Chicago. I was out in Chicago for a trade show with my husband and um, we were walking along the pier and saw a sign that said, Vibe Up Festival, tomorrow, blah, 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 bring your yoga mat. And I was like, well, I have some yoga clothes with me, but I definitely didn't travel with my yoga mat on this particular trip. So I brought a towel from the hotel room and went out to this big park and did yoga. And my husband slept in the room (laughs) while I went to this thing. It was early in the morning. And while I was there, I met Alex from Intention Beads. And she had the most beautiful pieces of art bracelets and things like that. Um, Different mala mala beads and um, just different things that are all based on astrology and natal charts and things like that. And many of them were blessed in Bali, etc. Ended up talking with Alex and ended up um, purchasing a bracelet from them. And then that is where my relationship with them started. Started following them on Instagram and started signing up for their natal chart readings and things like that. And I've done um, a couple of different readings with Sandy now. And so today, um, it's been a year since I had my last reading with her, though I've taken some of her workshops and things like that throughout the year. And this reading today was really just kind of give me a sense of what's going on in my astrological chart for the next couple of months. And, um, if you've been following me long enough, you know that I'm a total astrological geek, geek out on numerology, geek out on all things hippie this way. And, um, this is part of my therapeutic process. Like, you know, some people go to counselors and I'm a therapist, so I'm an advocate for that. And I do have my own, but I also like these sorts of, um, these sorts of coaching sessions too, because again, dark and light, right? So when I'm going to my therapist and I'm sitting with my counselor, I'm bringing all the shit that is not working 
that I am not doing correctly, that I'm not communicating correctly, that is hurting me. I'm bringing that all the dark, all the yuck, all of that. And I'm looking for insight. The flip side is these sorts of workshops that I do, or these sorts of coaching sessions that I do, which are insight in a more positive focused way on direction in my life and things like that. I'm not bringing the yuck. I'm bringing an open mind um, for someone to share insights for me. And so it's, it's that dark and light. And I really feel like it balances me out. Um, the thing she said, you guys, <laughs> let me just tell you, if I were literally to, and I wrote this down, I could almost screenshot it, put it on my Instagram, the stuff that she said a year ago and the dates and times in which she said big power, big power movements were happening in my planets and et cetera, shifts in my astrological chart. And that there would be times very specifically, she said public recognition and literally it was either the date I booked or the date I was on television as example, just to give you guys some perspective on Sandy's abilities as an astrological reader. She is incredible. She's intuitive like Walter, (laughs) you know, Um, so I want to take a second just while I'm kind of talking about intuition and just really talk about that for just a minute, because there is so much to this. So Walter is a crazy Aussie. He is a chicken killer. He is nuts. He smiles. He knocks things over when I come home. He's madness. If you guys saw this dog in, in when he's not working, when his vest is off in real life, And then you see this dog when his vest is on in a therapeutic setting. This is something I, yes, he has been trained to listen to commands and things like that. But guys, what he does with the other human that he is interacting with is on another level. It's not me saying, Walter, sit, Walter, down, Walter, roll over, Walter, none of that. This is Walter going, this is what this person needs. This is what I feel. This is what I pick up on intuitively. And it's incredible. It is such an amazing thing to witness. I, I just wish everybody could have an experience with a pet assisted therapy dog in some way. And this is true of all animals. I don't think this is just true of pet assisted therapy dogs, but all animals like truly. And this is another thing lately after the detox, which was a lot of purging, as I mentioned, um, habits, things like that. I have been vegetarian since I have not incorporated meat. I have not incorporated caffeine back into my diet and I've not incorporated dairy. Um, I have incorporated fish. So, um, migrating towards pescatarian now, but again, I've been off the detox for a while. And so, um, things just kind of moving and shifting and aligning in the way I'm kind of looking at things in life. But so Sandy, this, she has this intuition of Walter. I feel like she just, she looks at it. She reads it. She's gifted. She's been energetically awarded with some incredible tools and gifts. And so I sat with her today. And the first thing she talked about was that I was coming out of a purging (laughs) which is amazing. I mean, and this is what is in my chart, right? This is what she's seeing. And I'm like, Sandy, I have been detoxing since August. I literally just finished this a few days ago. Like, and she's like, no, this is exactly what your chart shows. Like, this is exactly. And she, and I did not offer that to her. She offered that to me. She, she saw that in my chart and she's like, 
I'm just getting chills to hear you say that you've just completed this because this is exactly your, um, I'm coming up onto my birthday, November 23rd. Um, so it's my solar return. And so it's the ending of certain things. And this was something that was happening. Um, but the stuff that she shared with me guys, oh my gosh, I cannot wait after I'm going to take a little break right now and pick up my lunch from American river pizza and cool. I'm having a salad. Um, but I cannot wait to share some of the stuff that she shared with me about what I've been going through and what's going to be coming up for me and also boundaries. Can't wait. I'll talk to you right after this brief break. I have some lettuce in my belly, so I am happy. That is one thing with this detox that I will definitely say it is not for the weak at heart. Oh my gosh, it was so incredibly hard. I had to dig so deep. I did not have anything from a box, anything from a bag, anything processed, any anything for 21 days. And then prior to that, also had cut out a lot of different things. And it it's definitely so hard. It is just not all that easy. Um, but I highly recommend it for everybody. I really do. And I think that there's a lot you can do to prepare for a detox, like before you even start a detox, that's good stuff too. Um, because it, because it is hard. And if you're used to just eating crap food all day, every day, you know, that kind of thing, then it would probably set you up for failure if you didn't do some stuff in advance to prepare for it. But there's no better time than now to, to cleanse and to let go of stuff. Um, that's for sure. Like I was going to put it off, um, until after the holidays. And I was like, no, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I start now? Like I feel foggy in the afternoon. Now I feel sluggish. I don't think my metabolism is functioning as optimally as it could be. Why would I delay living my life to the fullest another month or two or three? Because there's no better time than now. Um, and I know Susie talked a little bit about that Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree is, is, uh, 20 years ago. The second best time is now, right? Um, so if you are interested in learning more about the detox programs I've done, um, I will link them in the show notes today, but I, um, I would like to do an entire episode on detox and have a detox expert because I am certainly not a detox expert, um, you know, mental health is my level of expertise. I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a wellness, um, you know, coach in, in the way of dietary needs and things like that, but I will totally share what I've done. Um, and guys, I really believe, and I just posted this on Instagram that, you know, the way that we eat is contributing to climate change, our, the waste in the world, uh, disease, mental health. It's, it's contributing to all of that. And if we could even change, 20% of what we're doing as individuals, how global, how global would that change be? It would be huge, guys. It would be huge if we all opted to take 20% of the shit out of our shopping cart every week and replace it with something good or just 
don't replace it at all, like just skip it. Oh my gosh, it would be huge. Um, revolutionary. Okay. So off the detox rant, now that I have had a little bit of food, because that is what I was going to say is that, um, on this detox, it's kind of one of those things and I am complete with the detox, but I am keeping up my lifestyle choices. I am pretty much freaking ravenous by the time lunch rolls around. Like I definitely need to have, um, something to eat because I'm eating so well that it's not sitting in my gut, just being yucky for days on end. Um, and so, yeah, it's all quick quick food in the way of like processing and the way humans were kind of supposed to, supposed to be eating. Um, okay. So it's ironic that I wanted to talk to you guys about boundaries today because I just got the psychology today magazine and on the front, it literally says the episode today or the episode, the magazine today says the power of boundaries, learn to set limits. I knew it. I knew it's energetically just something that people struggling with right now. I read the whole article before I jump back on this podcast, but honestly, the quest to cure PTSD was a way better article. Um, It just talks about the idea that uh, PTSD is curable, like it's preventable um, by having cognitive flexibility and good coping skills, um, resilience, grit, perseverance, all those things. Um, And I'm going to go on a little rant right now and say, Guys, especially PTSD, especially PTSD, right? This is like the popular mental health term to throw around. That and borderline. I'm borderline. I have borderline person. She's so borderline. Um, PTSD, guys, same thing. And I hear it. I hear it used so inappropriately as a therapist. Um, it's one of those things that definitely bugs the shit out of me, especially when people um, come to me with, I've been diagnosed with. I'm like, great, you got a label, yay for you. What are you going to do with it? Guys, that is what these are. These are labels. And really what they're for is for mental health professionals and physicians to have a launching point, a diving board for treatment methodologies, okay? They are not a tool for you to get out of living your life. Like, I'm just calling it for what it is. They are not a tool for you to be like, oh, I can't do that because I have PTSD. Oh my God, I can't do that because it makes my major depressive disorder flare up. Like, stop that shit nonsense now. Like, I'm just going to call it out there. This is probably going to be my most hated podcast ever. But really, truly, that label is your diving board to getting healthy, not to stopping yourself from getting in the water. Like, It's time that we shed some of these labels and start really looking at them as more of a tool to help us, not as something to prevent us from getting better so that we can be a victim to our own labels that who knows how educated person labeled you with, like, right? Or did you just label yourself with that? And so PTSD is a fun one because I see people who have been in a car accident a month ago and they're like, oh my gosh, I totally have PTSD. I'm like, no, technically, according to the DSM-5, you have acute stress disorder. You cannot have a PTSD diagnosis until six months from now, right? There are specific criteria that mental health providers use for these things. Um, And honestly, guys, the truth is a lot of this crap is based on payout. It's based on how the insurance and financial and grant providers can pay out on the treatment for these things. That's really what it's about. Like these diagnoses don't help you. 
unless you're Medi-Cal and you're trying to get approved for 14 sessions of counseling because you have this diagnosis like schizophrenia and you need to be, you know, getting certain levels of help, certain levels of assistance or certain medications and things like that. So, you know, start looking at labels like what they are, right? I mean, it drives me nuts when I hear people say that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Rant, rant complete. Rant complete. Um, on that note, I am currently avoiding this book um, that I've had in my bag forever called Boundaries um, because I've been reading this trashy fun book called Next Level Basic. It is by Stacy Schroeder, who apparently everybody knows but me. Apparently, she's like the Vanderkamp Rules chick, and I should know what Vanderkamp Rules is. So let me tell you, the book is funny. Like, the book is definitely funny, but I totes feel like I'm losing like three years of vocab totally. Totes. For sure. Like, totally. <laughs> um, it's been super fun. I know so many people probably love her. And I've never seen a Bravo TV series in my life. But I know that it says she's one of the stars of the hit Bravo TV series, Vanderkamp, Vanderpump Rules. Did I say Vanderkamp? I don't even freaking know. <laughs> Um, but apparently she has a super popular podcast called Straight Up with Stacey. Probably very funny and probably way more successful than mine. So congrats, young lady. You are slaying it. I'm so proud of you. Um, but seriously, I feel like, again, dark with light, right? If we want to look at it that way. Like I have these serious reads that I that I take on. These like, um, you know, really good journaly type, self-helpy type, like, um, books, but then I've got to have the fun, trashy, make me laugh, dumb my brain down for five minutes reads. I just have to have that balance. So yes, I'm reading Next Level Basic, the definitive basic bitch handbook by Stacey Schroeder. And I will say guys, if you are looking for a fun de-stress, just laugh, say funny things thing. And she also has a love of ranch, by the way. So obvious, obvi, she's my soul sister totes. Um, Okay. Moving on to the follow-up from my reading with Sandy. Okay. Three planets are in my sign right now. That Like forever. Um, but my sun is in Sagittarius, right? So my sun is all about positivity and optimism. That is my shtick. So no funny that my whole thing is be you find happy right like it is literally buried in my astrological chart like I'm slaying my soul universal purpose um but I have some interesting other things going on um with like a moon that is currently in Capricorn. And so I have this like serious nature. I need to check myself while my ambitions are high. I feel like there needs to be a plan. And this is totally the juxtaposition that I live in. Like I live in this space of like wild and free and don't want to plan spontaneity. Just it's all going to work itself out. And then this flip side of me that's like, oh God, okay, what are we doing on Monday at 10? What are we doing on, you know, and I have to like, constantly kind of deal with these like dark and light sides of me these two opposite um pieces to my very most basic intrinsic personality which has been a lot of fun my son wants to fly and my my moon wants me to take all the appropriate steps and list them out in you know very detailed 
and nice handwriting. So, um, and they don't, these two signs, they don't relate or talk to each other. They are not even like, they don't, they're just like, boop. So, um, a little bit about me, but Sandy said something incredible today. She says, I believe that we picked our chart. We picked where we wanted everything to align when we came to this planet. And when we took our first breath, and I felt like that was so incredibly insightful that perhaps my soul spirit knew that I needed this journey in this lifetime. How empowering is the idea that everything that we are going through now is exactly what our soul decided we needed now? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that idea just truly, truly? And then she suggested that I do a ceremonial rebirth on my birthday. Because, guys, how many times on this podcast have I said that I feel like everything, and in many different interviews, all the things I've been doing for the last 10, 12 years have been building up to where I am right now. And she totally confirmed it by telling me that this time period in my chart has been for the last 12 years. It has been a 12-year cycle that I'm just moving out of. I'm moving out of a period of work, work, work. That makes me think of that, um, is it Rihanna? Rihanna song? Work, 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 na, 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 work, 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 work. Uh, yeah, I'm moving out of that. And I'm moving into receiving. (gasps) What does that even look like? I don't know. But she gave me some insights. And I'm going to save those for me and Sandy and um, maybe the flies that were on the wall in the room. Because I feel like part of this process is holding back a little bit. Um. So she recommends that I do a rebirth on my birthday. And I am going to be sitting. Here's the big news. In Panama. Guys, I'm going to be in Panama next week. And I'm going to be sitting on a beach. And she gave me the exact time in which I need to do it. And just come out of my cocoon and stretch. And feel it. And just, ta-da! I'm in my new planetary cycles. And I could not be more stoked about this idea that I'm going to be on that day, on my birthday, I'm going to be on the east coast of Panama. So I will be um, at Azul Paradise Resort, which is a bungalow over the water. And I'm going to wake up early that morning, which is hard on your birthday, right? Because the way that the time zones work, I need to do this at 6.35 in the morning. And I'm going to walk out on the deck and put my feces in the ocean And I'm literally going to, it's just going to be so amazing. And I'm so excited to share it with you when I'm back. Um, So Mercury retrograde currently in Scorpio. And my Mercury um, is in Scorpio. So I've got like this double, I think she called it a sextile happening with like, oh, no, no, no. The sextile is January 12th when Saturn and Pluto sit at 22 degrees and blah, blah, blah. Um, which is all about regeneration and positive movement and opportunity and blah, blah, blah. But the point is this retrograde has been a ball buster for me, which literally I totally have felt. I've insanely felt this. 
I'm coming out of my fourth house and going into my fifth house. The fourth house is all about family. Um, it's all about family. It's all about um, home, maternal, mama, stuff like that. But in my fifth house, guys, I am going into um, my my uh, self-expression, my receiving peacefulness, courage, taking risks, perfectionism, and children, which is interesting because for the first time ever in the history of my son's life, last week, he said, are you going to ask me if I want a brother or sister again? And I was like, uh, no, I actually wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Um, I didn't say that. I said, uh, 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 he's all, cause I want a sister. I've decided. And I was like, uh, like literally my whole world came crashing down because I've always felt solid with an only knowing my limitations. Um, I think my husband would have wanted a lot more and also knowing that he always was happy as an only um, and then all of my stuff, like all of my, like, oh, is he going to be lonely in life? Is he going to have to deal with taking care of parents all alone? Um, is something going to happen to us and he's going to be all alone? You know, just all this stuff that I've, that challenges that on, parents of only think about. I'm sure I'm not the only parent of only that has had this, these thoughts, um, came flooding to my brain. And granted, my son has five cousins that all live within a couple miles of him and a bestest, bestest friend. And we live in a small town where everybody knows everybody. Um, but this is the first season he has not had a sport. Um, he did not do football. He did not opt to do soccer. So basketball starts soon. And I asked him like, well, you know, what? why would you want a sibling? And he says, well, because I want someone to pass the football with. And I said, dude, I told you like when I was, when you were just a little, 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 widow guy, that if you were going to be my only, I would always be available to play pass with you. You just have to ask mommy, right? And really, truly, not saying this to him, but a sibling would be way too young to pay, play pass until he's like out of the house anyway. Um, or at least, you know, it would be a few years before that would happen. And he's turning nine in June. So, um, but anyway, point being that um, I told her that um, I didn't tell her this, but she told me that November 1st through the 8th, there was foreshadowing on what I was going to be dealing with in my next, in the first couple months of my next house. Um, and that it would come to an end in the summertime in June. And so um, to be thinking if there were any things that came up last week. And then she said that I would start to feel that um, between the 24th and the 28th of this month. So I don't have to tell you, like, if you're a woman listening to this, certain cycles happen, certain things happen, certain things are expected to start at certain times of the month. And that is when that certain things are expected. I don't even know. Like, I'm really, that's not what I'm going for. Like, I'm thinking there's something else that was foreshadowed, but I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the downside to um, astrological readings, right, is that they are vague. But then you can also kind of like go down these rabbit holes of like, oh, this is what this means. I'm certain of it. So I try to not do that and just let whatever unfold that's going to unfold. Maybe some other things came up that week. I know for me, last week, because today is the 12th, um, I was also dealing a lot with boundaries. And um, that applies very much to um, courage and self-expression and peacefulness and calm. And those were also things that she mentioned. And so what I wanted to say about boundaries is that people try to sneak in 
you know, okay. First of all, I, I posted this thing on my Instagram, um, and I'm going to find it really quickly. I posted this thing on my Instagram, and I had a million people. So my sister-in-law sent it to me, and then I reposted it, and it was this little meme, and it was about boundaries, and it said, the only people who get upset when you set boundaries are those who benefited from you having none. And this is WC Therapy Group um, is their Instagram. They have freaking rad shit. Um, I totally follow them. But the only people who get upset when you set boundaries are those who benefited from you having none. And it is so flippin' true. And people can be so sneaky with how they invade your boundaries. It's like simple little questions like, can you watch my kid? Can you pick up my dog? Can you watch my dog? Can you stop by the grocery store on your way home and pick up this? Can you bring this to the party? It's just like simple little things. Um, And so the topic came up in my webinar, like how do you set boundaries? Will you start with small ones that don't matter? Like if you're standing in line and somebody cuts in front of you saying, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, the, the line is behind me, right? That's just a very simple way to assert what your boundaries are. Um, if somebody asks you to uh, pick up their kid, you can use that as a great opportunity. And how I like to do it is I like to say, and it's not always easy, guys. I suck at this. Just even in my workshop after I cried um, in Steph's now, in Steffi Now's right, right group, right? club. I cried. And then I was like, I'm sorry for being a downer. And she's like, no apologies. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> Thank you for understanding. Um, but seriously, like don't apologize for setting your boundaries. That's the first thing. Like your apology says that you think you've done something wrong and you haven't, you have not. You, if anything, are stopping other people from being enabled and being codependent and all these other things. So Start with a very kind comment, like a graceful comment, and don't apologize. If you feel the need to add something else for it, say thanks for understanding. So can you pick up my kid on Friday? Well, I'd love to pick up your kid. I'm not able to do that. Thanks for understanding. And it's just that simple. Well, I'd love to have coffee with you. I'm not able to fit that in this week. Thanks for understanding. It's it's just graceful comment, solid no. And then a thanks for understanding, no apologies. And I think that um, if we all worked on this a little bit more on saying, setting our boundaries when they don't matter on little times, then the big times when they do matter, like when somebody is really invading your boundary, then then it's going to be a lot we're going to have a lot happier life. We're going to be a lot less resentful because what happens is we let them invade our boundary and then we're hurt or we're angry or we're in physical pain sometimes or whatever it might be. And I think that when I think about boundaries, right, I don't want a cement wall. I don't want that. I, I want people to feel like I'm approachable and that I can be of assistance I, and I want to add value to other people's lives around me. Um, and so I, do, I don't want a concrete wall that's like, total freaking Adam's family, like straight Frankie Frankenstein status. Like don't come to this house. Don't ask me anything. This is a death chamber. You know, like I don't want that, but I also don't want no boundary where like, um, 
I put up this beautiful garden and then the deer are like, cool, launch, yay, my favorite, right? Because there's no boundary at all. How the hell is the deer supposed to know that they're not supposed to eat all this scrumptious food that you've just worked your ass off to grow? They don't because you didn't set a boundary. You didn't like be like, nope, sorry, deer, this is where it ends. Um, But so I want my fence to be something in between those two, right? I want something that's um, protective of my energy and my space and my needs, but I also want something that is um, inviting at appropriate times. And I like to think of boundaries like that. I'm currently staring at um, a meadow and in front of me is a wall of blackberry bushes. And I'm like, that's a hell of a boundary, right? Like (laughs) I'm not going into the meadow unless I've got a blackberry suit which my husband really wants to invent by the way total side note um or maybe uh I don't know some like launcher thing that can launch me over the blackberries like it's just a very clear like don't come here or you're gonna get hurt and that's not fun either right I don't want to look like that I don't want my boundary big big blackberry wall for sure not Um, so these are just things that, um, I've been thinking about a lot lately. I've been struggling a lot with boundaries myself, and this ties back in to what Sandy said to me today, which is that, um, I've been asserting a lot of boundaries and, uh, fortunately for me, I am at the final phase, November 28th, I move out of all of this. This is, this was the final stuff of a 12 year cycle that I've been dealing with. And I'm so happy that I'm going into a new house. I'm just so ready for what's to come next. And I'm so glad that you are along on this journey. Um, This podcast has had as many listeners um, as it's meant to have. I don't try to look at it like that. This is definitely a passion thing for me, but I have been overwhelmed with love and joy from the um, listenership. I had no idea when I started this podcast what ears were going to be out there and the people that have showed up and continue to show up every week and continue to make this a top iTunes podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And that's how I started and um, this episode today, and that's how I want to end. But I also want to add real quickly before I go that next week's guest is going to be amazing. So click subscribe so you do not miss it. Um, I will be on a plane to Panama when that episode comes out, but you will not want to miss this episode. It's going to be awesome and hilarious. Click subscribe, give me some love, and give a listen next week. I'm not sure if I'm going to record a podcast when I'm in Panama. I'm going to play it by ear. As of this moment, I have not pre-recorded anybody. I have a couple that I could throw in, but I don't know if I'm gonna. I think I might just let it roll. What do you guys think? Okay, I love you. Ah, thank you so much for being here. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.